but there was a point where he made the person next to me smell like brownies and I really like brownies. And he's like, when you hear the color red, like you're going to be able to like smell brownies or something. And I immediately like start sniffing the girl next to me. And he's like, like, what are you smelling? And I yell like brownies. Welcome to the What's Up Ready podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button, so you can keep up with all of our episodes. I got a dog hair right in my face, so pardon me while I remove that, because it's distracting. Um, <laughs> and while we're at it, like, tell a friend about us. Go tell your local psychic about us see if they can tell you and predict what we're gonna review next oh i like that that could be interesting or you can just hit up charles he'll tell you (laughs) so today we're reviewing hypnotic it was released may 12 2023 it was written and directed by robert rodriguez stars ben affleck alice braga jd pardo dio ekinigi Jeff Faye, Jackie Earl Haley, William Fickner, Zane Holtz, and Kelly Fry. A detective investigates a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. This movie, uh, I was like going to say that I feel like that was an interesting synopsis again. But before we get too far into this, remember, this is a newer movie. So if you want to avoid spoilers, now is the time to pause the podcast. Go watch the movie. Come back. Pick up where you left off. If you're okay listening to us spoil this thing, go ahead and stay here. Hang out with us because we are going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Yeah, we have some topics to cover. I want to dive in first. And the reason I put this topic first, because I think it might help with some of the future parts of the conversation. And that is Robert Rodriguez. So Robert Rodriguez is kind of a Hollywood enigma. Like he, in my opinion, he gets credit, way too much credit for a handful of movies that have been good. And he started his career out very successfully because he, in my opinion, got lucky. Like it was like lightning in a bottle with Desperado back in the day. Because, and here's the crazy, he started with El Mariachi, which most people don't even know exist (laughs) unless, unless you watch Desperado. And it feels like you're coming in on the second movie in the series because you are. (laughs) <laughs> El Mariachi, if you've watched Robert Rodriguez's Desperado with Antonio Banderas and as the gunslinging dude in Mexico, which is a very good movie, very good movie. It felt weird because it hit the scene and it was popular, but it wasn't the first movie in the series about this character. That's El Mariachi. And then we get the really weird follow up, which is Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which is just weird. But that's what I'm saying about Robert Rodriguez. Like the guy gets it like, but he got lucky with Desperado. And then he did from dusk till dawn, which had the benefit of George Clooney and a pretty insane cast that carried him. And so from then on, everybody thought because he does like these niche, strange visual films, and he's got this like love affair with like the old, old school way of filmmaking and doing like, especially the old, 
in the drive-ins, they did drive-ins, they had these two movies and there was always a really shit movie <laughs> at the beginning that made you stay and watch this crap movie so that you could get to the good movie, the second one. Double feature. Double feature, but they called it something else and I don't remember. Anyway, he's very into those types of movies. So he has a very unique style. Now I say all that to say, one of my big issues with all Robert Rodriguez movies, that includes Desperado, that includes Machete, which is an entertaining as hell movie, Sin City. Like there are aspects of this man's movie that are just brilliant. And then there are aspects that you're like, he gets in his own way. And I don't know if it's because he's like, he has an idea that would make a great movie. And he gets so excited about making it that he doesn't, completely flesh it out and get it going. It's he's also the reads like he was the man in charge of the book of Boba Fett, which is very indicative of his movie making. It was a great idea, but he gets in his own way. And then things don't always work out because he makes some very strange decisions. And I think this movie, in my opinion, as we continue to talk about it suffers heavily from that. It also suffers that it was written in 2002 and then it was shelved by a number of studios because in 2002, they weren't ready for these mind bending type movies. And then we have the up and coming crazy movies like the Christopher Nolan esque shit, like Memento a year before a couple of years before that. But then you move into all of his style movies, especially inception that blew people out of the water. And in 2002 though, those weren't a lot of studios didn't think they'd work. So this one got shelved and then sold to like two different studios and it finally, up, finally ended up at Ketchup Studios. So that tells you how big budget this son of a bitch was. But, you know, it's just one of those things where I think Robert Rodriguez is simultaneously a genius and a knucklehead all at one time. Because I really do think he, he makes great movies worse because of some of the decisions that he makes. And I think in a lot of ways, this movie suffers from a giant Robert Rodriguez ism. So anyway, do you guys know who Robert Rodriguez was before we even started talking about this one? No, I heard the name. That was it. After I watched the movie or towards the end, I went to Rotten Tomatoes and looked at the critics and they all were name dropping him. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is someone that clearly has some sort of style as you were kind of describing JJ and it seems like his style got in the way of what could have made this movie potentially better from the more I read about it. And I don't know a lot about him, but that seemed to be the consensus and we'll get to the topics, but the movie just, it just felt off at times and it was hard to pinpoint what that feeling was, but it, it, at times it just left me feeling it was like a B rate. And then at times almost, I, I laughed a couple of times because of the, like the plot twister, like when the whole inception thing happened and all that, I was like, Oh, this is happening. Oh, Oh. And I was like, Oh, it's that easy to hypnotize. Like all these things that they were supposed to be a twist or a big thing, but then you were just kind of like, Oh, okay, fine. It didn't have the oomph that I come to expect with like a, a Christopher Nolan, maybe the polish or something. I don't know what I'm looking for, but it, it didn't have it. Yeah. And I, let's jump in. We're talking about the plot kind of because you walked us into that, which is great. So it's for me, like, and I think I take, I have a different look at it because I sat down and I had no idea anything about this movie other than Ben Affleck was in it and it was coming out this month and we needed movies to put on the list for 
Charles to vote on. So I did. And we've been loving Ben Affleck lately. So I was like, hey, let's give it a whirl. So then I sit down and it says a Robert Rodriguez film. And I went, oh, fuck. Okay. Then my expectations of this movie shifted. And I went, this is going to feel very either grindhouse. That's the word. That's the type I was looking for. Grindhouse. He's very grindhouse, which is like old 60s and 70s, like slasher action, make no sense. But everybody was there for the craziness. Like he's very into that. So as soon as I see Robert Rodriguez, I was like, there's going to be major plot holes because that's just his dynamic. Because when I first watched the preview that I was thinking, oh, okay, so there's somebody's trying to do their Christopher Nolan thing, right? Like they're trying to get in on the twisty, turny plot lines. And then I saw Robert Rodriguez. Oh, shit. Okay. Got to lower the expectations of this movie making full sense. So I think at that point, like I stopped paying attention to how much cohesion the plot had and there's some laughable moments in the movie where i'm like wow you really jumped like for one example like they start off with william fickner like as this guy in in this bank heist right and he starts out hypnotizing this woman on the bench and he's doing it with a lighter and he's got this stuff in his hand which is typical hypnotist type stuff and then you see the girl with the pen tapping on it and ben affleck's session you know tapping on the notebook all of those things are typical hypnotist type things and then 10 minutes later it's like well no that shit doesn't it's not that they're hypnotists these are mind control people these are people have abilities right they they have powers and i went oh yeah that's robert rodriguez at work right there and so i was like okay now this is like a weird superhero film like that and then so i shifted yeah, and ben affleck's like oh what i have powers now yeah <laughs> yeah so as soon as she's, the, as soon as we bring Alice Braga into it and she starts talking about this secret government deal and the hypnotics and how they can control your mind without like actual hypnotic, I was like, okay, so they just used the wrong word as the title and as what these people are. And it was just a rush. Let's make this film. Like I said, I instantly went, oh yeah, that's, that's typical Robert Rodriguez, just weird shit that he ties into something that could be interesting. So that was, I, I guess for me, like I stopped paying attention to it. So I didn't have the same problems that you did. I guess it, to me that when that twist happened, I was like, it would have been more interesting to me if they stayed with the hypnosis and there was something to it. Cause once it was just like, oh, this is superhuman. I just, it became certainly less believable, but just less appealing to me. Sure. I thought it became unbelievable. And I was like, okay, all right. Well then my suspension disbelief. These are, we're basically talking about someone in the Marvel universe at this point. Sure. Yeah. I wish they'd stuck with the more traditional type hypnot, like hypnotism, hypnotism tactics. I think I would have enjoyed it more if they had done that, but I also understand it's much more complex to make that film because now you have to include those types of things in every scene in some way, shape, or form. Ketchup didn't have the budget for that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a pretty small budget considering like what they're making. I mean, it was only like a $70 million budget, which for most movies that have this kind of plot twist and shit, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars typically, which is also why like the little shitty visual of the train tracks like folding oh, over gosh. on itself. <laughs> they don't have the friggin' Inception budget to make that shit look dope or the Dr. Strange shit. You know what I mean? Like they just didn't have that kind of money. So I will say though, that 
this movie leading into the next topic and it both suffers and is better because of casting. And one of those casting is William Fickner, who is so underrated in my opinion. The guy's a great villain, great side character, does voiceover work. Everybody knows his face, but most people probably couldn't tell you his name if you paid him a hundred bucks. Or they'll tell you it's William Defoe. William Defoe. Yeah, that too. Uh, you'll get that <laughs> one a lot too. But I love William William Fickner, and I thought he was great in this. Like just because he can be so interestingly menacing in such a weird way. Like because he doesn't look menacing, but maybe I'm just biased because I really like him. He's been in a lot of stuff that I enjoy. But like I thought he was a good villain. He worked well. He's got that kind of quiet menace to him where it's not in your face, but it's there. Yeah. You know what I remember him the most from? What? From the Dark Knight in the bank. Yeah. Which is just such a small part to be played. But I remember that. I was like, oh, it's a great scene. And he killed it. So I liked him in this movie. That was compelling. But then the other problem with it, with the writing is he became like, not compelling at all once we had the twist about what happened i was like oh so this guy's no longer cool and that like <laughs> has no point and that's just the way i took it like that i stopped looking at him and it was like this organization i was like oh well i liked him not all this other stuff once the big like the middle twist came out like he does kind of lose a little bit of that i would have liked it if for from this character's perspective that they would have hinted towards him which they did once they got on the farm, him controlling all of these people within the mm-hmm. organization, like make it obvious that he is. But then that doesn't work for the second twist because you need to believe that Diana's full on, you know, of her own volition for the second twist to make sense. So he kind of put himself, but they could have done like it's the two of them controlling everybody or hinted at it. But I get what you're saying. Like it loses a little bit of its oomph when you're like, eh it's a whole organization and they need him as much as he needs them. So I wonder if they could have leaned into like the Dr. Brenner from stranger things. Cause that's what it started making me think they were showing the lab and things. I'm like, Oh, they could have had him wheeling the iron fists and being domineering. And then the whole mind control, the rest of them, that could have been compelling. Sure. I didn't mind it because to me, it goes back to this construct that they created for an Affleck. Mm. And in this construct, that's telling the story you need a compelling bad guy. So it's, you know, casting choice at that point. Who's going to be our compelling bad guy? Well, let's pick the guy with the scar on his face. That'll work. (laughs) And then, you know, having him kind of step back, he's still in somewhat of a leadership role in this division or whatever, but I didn't mind it so much because I was like, oh yeah, you know, once we figure out this entire thing is a construction purely to break into Ben Affleck's mind. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Everybody's got their role to play, everybody has their role to fill. It's fair. That didn't bother me. And I did find that part really interesting. And speaking of that, the first twist, I know Matt's always wonders when I figure shit out. Ironically enough, like I figured the second twist out before I figured the first twist out. I figured pieces of them. But like I figured out, and big spoilers here, so please God, if you're wanting to watch, get a surprise out of this twist. Now you don't want to listen on, but when they go to the, the guy in the junkyard, or sorry, not the junkyard, but in Mexico, and Jack Earl Haley does his little cameo. He owed Robert Rodriguez for something. Cause <laughs> that was a, when they go to him and we start to see that level of 
twistiness. And then they talk about the fact that he wiped his own memory and then he left himself triggers. I, in that moment, I went, Oh shit, this is like Ben Affleck's mind has been wiped. And this guy, like his kid was never stolen. This is a mind wipe thing. And he, I went, he knows where his daughter is subconsciously somewhere. And I was like, and, and that's, he's hiding her. But I didn't grab a hold of the actual him being in a construct of that level until he was in the, with the black guy. I can't remember his name, but he was funny as fuck with that guy. And like, he was, they call him on the phone and I was like, how do they keep finding these people? Like this isn't. And so I finally, in that moment, I was like, I wonder if they're all working against him. And it, they're all in on it. And this whole thing is just a mind fuck of a deal for him. And so that's how mm-hmm. I, that's the order in which I figured him out. What about you guys? I figured out the thing about his wife mm-hmm. before it happened. Cause I was, I kept looking at his daughter. I was like, that doesn't look like it. <laughs> that that <laughs> those were her parents. And I was like, there's some thing. fishy going on. Cause she looks more like she belongs to the psychic hypnotist. And so that one I figured out, I didn't catch that he had wiped his own mind. Mm-hmm. But I did catch that he was in some sort of matrix-like simulation. But I was long for the ride as far as him discovering he had powers. Um, I was like, oh, okay, cool, let's go. But I didn't catch that he had wiped his own mind. Yeah. Like for me, a lot of these go into to like Inception or what's the newer one that came out more recent, a couple of years ago that I watched a bunch of times by Christopher Nolan. What's the other one? Oh, I, you we know, all you're know talking the big talk- long three hour one that we did. Yeah, the super with Tenet. the one with Robert Tennant. Yes, yeah, Tennant. So, like, I knew I was being teased in that one and I was trying to figure it out. And I just still, for the life of me, like, couldn't figure it out. And there's also a great thing about that and, and the slight problem with that. But I was compelled to, like, seek it out. And this movie, the only one I knew I was on the same hunch as Alec about the daughter. I was like, this, this there's just not time. It's not working. The biology <laughs> there. I just not seen it. But the other ones, when they happened, I was like, okay. Then when they did the whole hypnosis, I went back to like, Oh, that's why she kept it. I was like, Oh, that's odd. Like, and then there were some other triggers. Well, like the lighter thing. I was like, okay, it just was grainer than I thought, but I knew something was up about it, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But I also, during this, I just wasn't, once I kind of felt like this was a B-rate, I just wasn't as compelled enough to have that. Like, I got to figure it out. Where like Christopher Nolan for me at this point in Tenet, for instance, I was like, fuck, like, what am I missing? Like in the theater, I was like, if I was sitting next to Jay, I would have been there's something that's here that I'm too stupid to figure out. And that happens quite often. I'm not saying I'm the smartest movie go watcher. Like JJ clearly spots things before me, but I like movies that give me a reason to want to figure it out. And I just wasn't compelled to do that with this. It's not to say the twist wasn't there. And I was like, Oh, like it definitely, it got me, but the payoff wasn't there for me where like in Tenet and Inception, for instance, I was like, Whoa, like that's cool. And I want to go back and watch it again and see where I could have picked it up. I don't have that. Yeah. I won't lie that, this movie turns into like an old nineties kind of thriller in a lot of ways. Yeah, so when you say like a B and that's what it like reminds us. So when you say like a B rate Christopher Nolan, like I think, and again, it goes back to Robert Rodriguez. He likes to go backwards when he does things. And so for me, it's like one of those nineties thrillers that 
doesn't make a lot of sense, but we're like, okay, that's kind of cool. Cause it's different. Right. But it's not different anymore, but it's kind of like a throwback to how movies used to be, especially in the nineties. These were terrible. Can you explain the scissor scene for me when, how did they end up having sex? I was a little, con- I was like, he's about to kill her. And then he's not. And now they're on the bed. So like it started with his gun. Right. And then he set his gun down, but the whole mm-hmm. thing, all of it is, a construct at that point. And that's when I was sure. starting. That's why I was starting to pick up on none of this is real yeah. because he set the gun down. He was like, no, I made a choice to set the gun down. And then somewhere along the line, they're fucking with him on the outside to try to get him to turn on her, which would then lead him to give away wherever the girl is. Right. And so mm-hmm. then he grabs the scissors or the scissors appear in his head. Cause that's the next thing that somewhere in his mind he saw a weapon that he could use against her and then she comes out and uses their relationship and the fact that he's coming around and figuring it out that he knows her he trusts her that's why she says we have this trust right because now if he can get her to trust him to trust her but not realize that she's his wife he might tell her freely where the daughter is or lead her to him or lead her to her because of that level of trust. So for me, she just used her feminine wiles plus the familiarity that he didn't realize that they actually had deeper than whatever in that moment to try to get him to give up her location. It just felt choppy, but okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like it, there, there was supposed some, to, <laughs> yeah, there's some definite forceful, like there's like, we, we don't have the time or the budget to make this a really interesting, like deep dive scene. So we're just going to make it a little confusing and then we'll explain it. And that was my, probably my biggest problem with this movie is the amount of exposition that there is. Like as soon as we see Alice Braga come in her character and I love Alice Braga, she's a great actress. When I go back to the casting being a great part, she's part of that. Ben Affleck, William Fickner, Alice Braga, those three specifically are great actors. I'll talk in a second about the ones that weren't, but then when she comes in and then she just becomes the exposition monster, anytime we need any kind of descriptions or details, mm-hmm. it comes from her. I'm like, what a waste of Alice Braga. Cause she's amazing. But now she's just explaining the shit that they don't have time or budget to put. In and it actually made me not like a character as much. Cause as I, and I knew I was like, this is poor writing. This isn't her acting fault, but she can't save this. Yeah, anybody forced, relegated to exposition monster is just kind of screwed. But it's not any worse than the character Nick's. Like, his, that actor, not so good. Like, that was terrible. He wasn't the worst. I think the worst for me, the worst moment, and then we'll move on to the next piece, but the worst moment of this whole movie for me was when they get to the farm and all of the people from the division come out in their red jackets and, like, 90% of them don't know how to hold a weapon, but they've all got weapons. Like, I'm like, you're not, you're going to fucking shoot yourself before you shoot anybody else holding it like that. What are you doing? I was like, you couldn't get some freaking actors that know how to hold a weapon or at least show them how to walk with it. Like it was so bad. I was like, I can't even take this seriously right now. It was so bad. And then as they start like, she starts making them all shoot each other. I was like, this just looks awkward. Like none of them not to hold a weapon in order to like effectively do this. So you could tell they hired some serious stand-ins. These were not seasoned actors that needed to be in movies. These were people that are normally extras that they're like, here, we're going to put you in this scene. 
and you're going to carry a weapon out of a car up a hill and it's going to look terrible. <laughs> and it did. All right, Alec, I'm going to give you the floor here. Cause you're, you have a, you have a topic here, the power of words. And I must hear. Excellent. I love it when I get the floor. Uh, so I took this and walked away from this with the, I guess more of the brain side of things, like getting into someone's head because the hypnotist stuff that we see throughout is, you know, he's using triggers of words, right. And phrases, that's how hypnotists work. And then when we get the discussion in the jail about how it goes a little bit more deeper, I mean, these triggers that the hypnotists use are all based off of personal things, personal connection. And this kind of deeper level with the hypnotics is they don't need that. They're able to bypass the human brain without needing familiarity with the person that they're portraying. And it, to me anyway, was like the power of words, right? Is words have power regardless of what you may think or how you view them as powerful. And so watching this kind of film, it just reiterated the, the power that what you say has and how you can use that to shape your own kind of circumstances. So I was just giddy as could be coming out of it because you don't see stuff like this in movies anymore. It's all big explosions and more and more and more visuals rather than kind of taking a step back. And so having the movie that dealt with using specific words to trigger a response and not necessarily needing a familiarity, but just using the words to do it was a very fresh breath of air for myself sitting in the theater and so i was just having a blast it's really hot today right or uh you know it's a sunny outside type of a thing and so i mean i was just having a blast yeah i will say that i the bank heist scene for me was dope like i enjoyed when you don't quite know what's going on and so it's really interesting to see him doing like you're saying talk it's a hot day today right like and then she can't help but go bathe in the freaking broken thing and then yeah like as you're watching like everything he says and then i was to be honest with you but on the back end i was a little disappointed because you have these people with these powers but it's all built on like a construct and then so i was a little disappointed i was like oh he didn't actually control their minds they were just doing what he was telling them within that construct to make it look like he was so then i was like in my head i was going so are they trying to show like there weren't any powers and then they went full on powers but so I had a question there for a minute that I was like, oh, is this, are they switching this to where they just can get into their heads with like certain levels? And then once they have it, they can use that reset to create visuals and then control it with tricks of the mind. But then of course that wasn't it. But I get what you're saying. Like, especially like if you want to step out of a movie realm and talk about a political, like we've done a couple of times in the last few episodes, but let's be honest, they're not hypnotics. They don't have power, but man, we sure can get people riled up by saying the right shit. You know what I mean? Or the wrong shit, depending on which way you want to go. Oh, dude, you like you see it all the time these days. You can say one word, you can say words in a few phrases, and you're going to trigger all kinds of stuff. I mean, just look at what's going to happen next year with the election. All that oh, stuff. I mean, it's, words are going to be a beautiful and, and horrific thing at the same time. So have either of you ever been hypnotized? Yeah, I am. I wish I still had my sophomore year of high school, the video. My, I was so hypnotized. My friends bought the DVD of me getting hypnotized at high school. It was one of those like hypnotists that comes to your school. He's got everyone in like the auditorium and he like, he tries to do the group hypnosis to see who's susceptible to it. 
I was one of the people that got brought up. And then me and the gosh, what was her name? I don't remember what her name is anymore, but I can picture her. Her and I ended up being basically the start of the show. Like he did the most stuff with us. And I remember going through it and just feeling like really happy and wanting to do the things that were told to me. But there was a point where he made the person next to me smell like brownies. And I really like brownies. And he's like, when you hear the color red, like you're going to be able to like smell brownies or something. And I immediately like start sniffing the girl next to me. And he's like, like, what are you smelling? And I yell like brownies. <laughs> and then there was another one. I don't remember what he was talking about, but at some point I, he was like, where are you from? I was like, well, I'm a redhead. And like, I was born in the center of the earth in a volcano or something dumb. Like, um, and I remember watching the video of that girl sitting next to me, her scene when she was like a washing machine was just utterly hilarious. Like wow. just like, full body shake row, like all this stuff. So you definitely, I mean, you know, those that get hypnotized, you have to believe it and kind of want it. But once it was happening, it was very easy to do. It was told to me now, obviously if I was told to do something bad or if he told me to jump off the stage, I don't know if I would have done that. I don't know like to what extent that kind of compulsion really goes, but it was a good time. And my friends certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, I've never been... I never want to be. I don't. I don't never, know. ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm always. You never, you never let it happen. You're no, too, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that I would either. I burn sage to keep non-existing ghosts away. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Alex, letting Alex, anybody Alex. inside my head. Jay, I could see, I could see you letting it happen. We'd probably have to help you knock back a few. Yeah, like I right. think I would have to be a little softened up, and I think I'd have to be in a very, very like. There's no way in hell. Cause I've been on the other side of those school. You gotta be very comfortable shit. with like, yourself. Yeah. And I, it's not even myself. Like I, I was a class clown. Like I was perfectly happy being a goofball in front of people, but it was my own choice to do so. Like I would have to be in a very safe environment of people that I trust to be able to do that and not feel like I had complete control of what I was doing. And that's why I've always wondered what it felt like for someone. That's why I asked if you, either of you two had ever been because I've never even like, they've asked for volunteers. Like I've had my friends be like, dude, you should go up and do it. I'm like, you can fuck yourself. Cause I'm not going up there in this situation because I just have, I'm out of losing control like that or feeling even like I don't have complete control is not an okay thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's like, which is ironic considering how much I love to drink and do other things that technically loosen your level of control over <laughs> yeah i was like well, <laughs> but i don't have so someone else like my bottle of freaking whiskey most of the time won't tell me to go freaking do something dumb and then i'll do it like it's it just makes it easier for me to be okay doing dumb shit that i think of myself it's that idea of someone else telling me what to do like and that's part of this movie like makes me like my skin crawl like that there's people out there that could actually do that to me you know what i mean like who that would be the worst the absolute worst, but I love watching. Like I enjoyed, in fact, I've been to Vegas and watched them do it like on the, those stages. And it's so interesting to me to watch, but I would, I don't have the balls to get up there and get, I would do it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I, I and know. I'd entertain the hell out of you guys. <laughs> oh, I'd watch you. I'd watch. And I, you know, if it was like five or six of us that I knew and were comfortable with and like, I might in that moment. And especially like if there were people there, like Alec, that would never let me like go jump off a cliff or something or do something that was good. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop fat boy. You know what I mean? Like 
then I'd probably be down. Yeah. But I, I need somebody to make sure that like that knows my level of comfortability. They wouldn't let them push me past that for me to feel comfortable. Even if they actually did push me past it, like that comfort level of feeling like somebody wouldn't let me go past that. I need that because that level of self-control. It's one of the few things like in any attraction where they're like, Hey, here's the the picture, like the movie that or video that comes along with it. And if you're like, you're in it and your friends like, yeah, you were pretty dang funny. Definitely. That's one that you will pay the overpricing and buy. Cause it was, sure. I wish I still had it. Cause if I could put that in tomorrow, like today, it would just be stupidly funny. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Shit. Like Charles would just eat that shit up. Oh yeah. I would too. I, I'd love that shit. Anyway, I was just curious. So we have one last topic before we rate this thing. And it, it was, you got me on this one, Alec. You got me because as you guys know, I forced us to watch a very terrible remake of Firestarter to the point that remember. it was so bad that we didn't actually even record the episodes and release it because it was that bad. But I love Firestarter. Like it's one of my, the original Firestarter is one of my favorites. I love the book. So when you said a better Firestarter, I was like, fuck me, that's very accurate. You know, the idea of the little girl that has like, there's like the people in the world have had powers. And then there's one that's just created by two power powered people that become the super powered human. Like I was like, fuck, why didn't I see that? I was really mad at myself for not catching that. I was impressed. (laughs) But yeah, I think this, to be honest with you, to kind of build on, something that Matt's was saying, and then your topic here of the better fire starter, I think if they had leaned into that and made it about that at the end, like once we know there's powered people, like they kind of did once it got all the way to the end, but like, I would have loved that more from the beginning, like almost like a revamped version of fire starter without calling it fire starter. I thought that would have been cool as fuck. Yeah. It came to me. And then what you said at the beginning with that, this was shelled for like 20 years mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Cause at that time you have a matrix that just came out equilibrium that is kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And so this makes a lot of sense being in that early two thousands, late nineties thing. And, you know, Firestarter was before then, but not by an incredible amount of time. Yeah. And it all kind of has the same basic plot outline. Yeah. or similar similarities between them. And it kind of makes me wonder if this had been released at the same time, how it would have fared. Well, I'll be honest. I think if it had been released, I don't know if you could have gotten away with that. I think that's, I think it just hit, hit that. If this had been written in the mid to late nineties, I think it would have been released then and probably would have done very well with the movies that you're talking about, especially the matrix in 99, you had, equilibrium early i don't remember the exact data but you had 2002 well and then in 2000 you had uh memento i really think if this had been written a little if he'd written it in 97 and pitched it i think it would have been made and i think it would have been received much better because it is getting kind of shit on especially by the critics which is ironic because even like what's his name the shithead that i don't like Ebert. ebert Like, even he was like, it's kind of fun. (laughs) I mean, but it's dumb. It's like, be shit, dumb shit. And I can't disagree, but I'm with you. Like, I, you said Firestar. I was like, son of a bitch, what? This is great. It's a great comparison, and it's true. And I, like I said, overall, I had a good time watching the movie. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was dumb fun, but it was, you know, it had its problems. 
but I think it could have been, I think the idea behind it was outrageous. And I think you throw a $150 million budget at it. I think they can make a really, and, and some better actors. Christopher Nolan. Wow. <laughs> I think Christopher Nolan takes himself too fucking serious. Sometimes that's my problem with Christopher Nolan. This, I'm worried about his next movie because it's like a tr- true story ish movie. So I don't, that's going to be the test. Well, and this isn't a Christopher Nolan podcast, but I'm very intrigued on what the hell that's going to go. Well, it didn't work out for him last time. He did a true story ish. So, especially because they're both boring ones. Because what was the one? I can't think of the name of it. I don't know did. the one you're talking about. It's the boats in Ireland. Or oh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. yeah. That's it's the same concept. He takes a very interesting yet boring story and tries to make an intense movie about it. Same thing he's doing with Oppenheimer. But anyway, we'll see how it goes because I'll be watching it. All right. We ready to rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Matt, so you go first, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two and a half. It was average movie. Are you, I mean, you guys have heard me talk about it before. I think I'm on the Ben Affleck train. I was coming in. I was like, ah, I don't know if it's going to be. Once you told me he wasn't directing it, I definitely, my expectations got lower because, man, he's been on fire with that. I thought he was going to act and direct. I was like, ooh, I have high hopes. Then I knew that wasn't happening. So I came in and it just, like I said, it started to feel like a B-rate movie. But they were still, I mean, I laughed at things I probably shouldn't have laughed at for one. But then two, like it wasn't, I was entertained and it wasn't slow in the twist. I was like, okay, like did, didn't see it. I just would have gone about it a little bit of a different way. So again, it's not like it was a bad movie, but I think what Jay said, like if you had thrown a higher level budget and they could have gotten a few more actors that made sense, I probably would be even, even better of a movie. It's just low budget movie. And I guess this Robert Rodriguez guy is not everyone's cup of tea. And so you've kind of got to be what he wants you to be as a viewer. And maybe this is a movie that was just made too late. And so because of that, it wasn't bad, but it, I don't think there's anything special about it. So two and a half, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But if someone were to remake this again in 20 years and they wanted to throw the money behind it, something to be said. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think I should uh, put a caveat behind it. If you throw a $150 million budget and a different director. I yeah, think, there you go. Sure. I, I, I think it could be successful. I just don't think Robert Rodriguez would never get out of his way enough no, I agree with that there for sure. Whether it's a, like I've been thrown on Christopher Nolan or you want to put a Spielberg or some other people I should be able to name them. Definitely not a Zack Snyder because that wouldn't work. But I mean, uh, a Ben Affleck for fuck's sake. You know what I sure. mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I should just yeah. say right now he's on fire. So throw him <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alec, your turn. I think this movie suffers from trying to be too cerebral go too deep into the mind instead of focusing more on story because in a kind of twisted sort of way, it makes a ton of sense. If you look at it through to quote, you know, someone, a certain point of view, like it makes tons of sense, but you have to separate yourself and put yourself into this weird kind of mind bending matrix like plot in order for it to make sense. So as pure enjoyment factor, it's there, but it's surface level. And so I really enjoyed it, but it took a lot of work for me to pay attention to what was going on in order to enjoy it, which isn't really why I go see movies. I like to just kind of be able to be entertained. So I think that's where it suffers the most for me is just trying so hard to be 
like the next matrix or the next equilibrium or the next, uh, you know, memento, something like this. Try so hard to be top notch when it isn't that great of a story to begin with. And even if they were able to get the balance right, I don't think it would be that great. I'll give it a three and a half, though. I still just tickled with how much fun I had with just the weird kind of twists and the, you know, words going back and forth, even down to the dumb little anagram that was the entire twist thrown into one little pretty bow. I was like, of course, why did I ever think Del Rain was any kind of name? This is stupid. I'm an idiot. But I still enjoyed it. It was funny. So yeah, three and a half for me. I'll watch it again, but it'll be a long, long time before I do so. Yeah. I agree with everything both of you have said. Like, I found myself more entertained than I wanted to admit with this movie, but I think it really helped me. I'm so glad that Robert Rodriguez is vain enough to put his name in the front, like that a Robert Rodriguez film in the opening credits. Cause as soon as I saw that, my mind shift, it was like a little mind bug got in my head and went, oh, dial your shit down. Cause there's going to be some plot holes and there's going to be some shit that doesn't make sense. And there's going to be some really low rate, low budget shit that happens in this movie. That's that would normally drive me crazy on a movie that I really, that's trying to be, as Alex said, so cerebral, but because of that, it dialed back my expectations. So I had a lot of fun with it. There were, like you said, I did have some issues. There was some dialogue that was really bad. There was some acting that was terrible, especially at the end. And I do feel like we went through this whole big, long, stretched out piece. And then the end was very rushed. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a 90 minute movie. It was really nice when I got in the theater at like 840 and I left at 1030. I was like, oh, I'm loving these now. I mean, we yeah, have a few. I'm like, let's keep, let's keep this going. Yeah, I was like, I watched 20 minutes of preview and I still got out before two hours was up. I was like, this is awesome. So I was down for the 90 minute runtime. Like it made sense any longer. And this movie would have really taken a hit for me. Cause I just don't think there was anything else to talk about. I enjoy the way that this thing lays out. Like I enjoy the movie. And, the, and I was asking how like, there's another movie. When I w- left the theater, I was like this first one and a half acts of this movie is almost a direct replica of another movie. And I cannot think of what it is, but we see this whole storyline play out. And then somewhere in the middle, it goes, Oh, just kidding. That was all fake. And so in my head, but I've been trying to figure it out and I cannot figure out what movie it is. It'll come to me like a year from now. I'm like, fuck, that's the next time I watch it, it'll just pop into my head. But anyway, yeah, I have more fun. It's not a great movie, but it's not as bad as I think it's getting shit on a lot. And I think there were some moments of brilliance in there. And I think poor Ben Affleck had to carry this movie quite a bit to make sure it worked. And then, but I'm going to give, I, God, I've been bouncing back and forth. I'm going to meet you two in the middle and I'm going to give it a three because I did enjoy it. Don't go see this in the theater though. I do want to throw this cat. Don't pay money. Like don't pay extra money. This movie's going to be on, I think it's going to be on Paramount plus in like probably a month at the, if that. <laughs> so like, just wait and watch it there. If you have a Paramount plus membership or wherever it'll be for a lot cheaper than you can do it at a movie. I don't think it's worth seeing in a movie. I don't think you miss anything by watching it at home, but I do think it's worth Like If you're just looking for an interesting movie to watch and have a good time and don't have high expectations, check it out at home. I think it's worth that. It's got some value. It's a little bit better than average in a lot of ways. I appreciated the effort of the movie. So yeah, there it is. Cool. All right, Alec. When uh, we're not shitting on 
non-Ben Affleck directed movies. Where else can people find us? Oh, thank you, JJ. Thank you for tuning into our review of Hypnotic. Such a great film that hurt itself in the long run. Maxson definitely will agree with that. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you think in the comments below as we love the input and feedback. After leaving a comment or a like, because surely you haven't gotten to this point in the video and not left a like, check out some of our other content wherever fine podcasts can be found, including Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Personally, I think Guy Ritchie's The Covenant is a great watch, so go check out that episode. If you have watched everything we have to offer and are still looking for more What's Our Verdict content, too bad. Uh, no, just kidding. Check us out on Patreon, where every dollar earned goes towards funding Matson's own hypnotic. That joke worked out so well, knowing he's been hypnotized. <laughs> Special shout out and thanks to our current patron, Roland Emmerich. You the man. With that, I will send it back to the Maharaja of Mash, the Titan of Terror, a JJ. I love it. I appreciate that. I love that he's still rolling Emmerich. Classic Charles. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Love everybody listening to us. So with that, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.